This is episode number 344 with John Rulin. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. everyone to today's episode and one of the main questions I continue to get as an online entrepreneur, as an author, as a speaker, as a top podcast host is how do you build your online business? How did you start out, Lewis, with just an idea on your sister's couch and build a multi-million dollar business and continue to get in the press and continue to bring in more revenue streams and continue to get more attention and continue to build your audience? How do you do this? And how do I do it for myself? This is the question that I get from so many of you. You want to learn about building an online business. And we just released a free brand new video series that's going to show you every step of the way. Go to lewishouse.com slash legacy. That's right, lewishouse.com slash legacy to get the free video series. It's going to help you build your empire, grow your brand, generate more leads, more sales, and build that online business around the thing you love doing the most. Again, lewishouse.com slash legacy. Go there right now. Sign up. It's 100% free, free video series. Make sure to go there right now. And for today's interview, we've got the incredible John Rulin. Now, for those that don't know who John is, he's kind of been under the radar for a while. And he got my attention many, many months ago, actually, when I was doing my book launch. He was really there for me in a big way. And John is ranked number one in sales in the 65-year history of Cutco, which is the largest U.S.-made cutlery manufacturer in North America. And I'm sure most of you have heard of Cutco Knives. As you know, my parents bought them back in the day. I have some of them myself. They're incredible knives, and most households, I feel like, have seen them or have used them and continue to buy them. He's also the founder of the Rulin Group, which is regularly sought out to teach executives and sales leaders in the pro sports, business, and nonprofit world the strategies and impact intentional appreciation can have on sales and culture. And this whole intentional appreciation thing is what he calls giftology. And that's the title of his new book, which is called Giftology. And some of the main things we cover here is how people's time is related to the gift you give them, how to turn a gift into an artifact that has real lifetime value, why John hates the term token of appreciation, and why you should never, ever say it, how to choose the perfect gift for each individual the formula to shock and awe the people you give gifts to, and so much more. There is a whole science behind gift giving that I had no clue about. And wow, when he breaks it down for you in this interview, it starts to make sense. And you start to think about, man, I used to give out really bad gifts or they weren't intentional at all. And wow, the impact of a really great gift, what it actually does for someone, what it will you know do for your business long term. And Again, he talks about not giving gifts in order to hopefully get business in return, but actually that if you do it the right way, you're just going to continue to get more and more business because you're doing good things. You're putting out good things in the world. You're giving appreciation to other people. You're being thoughtful and intentional, and good things come back around to people that are thoughtful and intentional and go out of their way to give. So I am uh, actually really excited for you guys to dive into this. Uh, for anyone that wants to understand gift giving in a big way, this is the interview. And if you know anyone who is a business owner, an entrepreneur, or someone in sales or marketing or uh, someone that just likes to give gifts, someone who's just always thoughtful and thinking about other people, make sure to forward them this link, lewishouse.com slash 344. Do it right now because you're going to change their life. If they are a gift giver or they're in the world of sales or getting customers or getting referrals, this is going to be, this is literally going to transform their business and ultimately transform their life. Again, the link is lewishouse.com slash 344. It's the power of gift giving and how to give the greatest gift ever to anyone. So without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only, John Rulin. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. 
It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. I'm here with my man, John Rubin. Good to see you, brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. Now, you are currently, let me know if this stat's still true, you're currently ranked the number one in sales in the 65-year history of Cutco, Cutco Knives. Is that still true? Yeah, those knife people, yeah. that is. No one broke it yet, huh? Not in, it's now 70 years, yeah. 70 years, and you did this while you were going to university in, uh, in Canton, Ohio. Yeah, I'm right? alone. So yeah. you broke the world, the world record for the sales, for sales in this company. While going to school, yeah, there's but they had they've had about a million distributors or interns come through in and seventy stuff. years. In seventy years, and you were the number one. Is this like number one in like a month span, or like a day span, or like a year, or what? What is this category? Um, in the history of the company, in the history, like you yeah, sold pretty, more in the history of the company than anyone else. Pretty silly. Wow. In in a and what period of time? Uh, it's like four years. Four years. No one who ever worked there has sold more. Did no one ever work more than four years? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's some people that have been doing it for 50 years, but... Wow. But, they still haven't uh, sold as much as you have in four years. Yeah. Wow. So how much yeah. did you sell in those years? I don't go into the numbers. Okay. Um, you sold millions yeah. in volume, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's millions. Awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. So it's it's uh yeah it's pretty pretty crazy. I was uh, you know pretty fortunate to have some mentors that taught me some things that mm. completely kind of like the blue ocean strategy. Sure. I was doing things in a different way in a different quantity mm-hmm. so it really it you were was, unique you were different you stood out yeah you know when you're hungry and you're getting ready to pay for med school and you're uh you know you didn't grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth it's amazing how that right. hunger it, you know gets the creative juices flowing you're very creative i like it man and uh some of the facts about you is you, you were you gonna be a you wanted to be a lawyer doctor and a, or a doctor yeah right? it was Either one. Yeah, when you're poor and you get straight A's and and you're an overachiever, those are the two things that seem like you can make the most money. Got it. Yeah, that's true, man. And uh, another cool fact about you is you pay all of your employees to have their homes cleaned every other week. Is that still true? That's still true. Why? Why do you do that? Um, I think a lot of companies underestimate the value of of being creative with their dollars. And I Mm. think that um, when you can do things for people that they would never do for themselves – um, and it makes their quality of life easier. Um, the, you know, a lot, we have a lot of working moms that have kids and uh-huh. one's a pastor's wife. And, and I found that when you take care of something like cleaning and laundry, they'd never hire their own housekeeper. And if you gave them the money, they'd spend it on something else, something else, bills and whatever else. And so that money it's, uh, one, they brag about it, but two, the, the husbands love it cause they're less stressed. The house is clean. Mm. Their life just operates easier. And so, I mean, I've shared that perk or benefit, even when I spoke at like Google and people are like, we work at Google and we get a lot of cool stuff, but we don't get our houses cleaned every other week. They get a lot of other cool stuff though. They, they get, get some lot, other cool perks. Yeah, it gets amazing, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's one of those things I think that gives, gives us a 10 X return yeah. on, on investment. Interesting. That's really cool. So how many people are on your team? Only eight. Eight. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, it's not we're, like a thousand people or something. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. But I think every time we've added a person, as long as they're full time, like mm-hmm. that's, that's the one of the perks. That's part of the package. It's like and, most people give a gym membership, you give cleaning service. Yeah. It costs us 15 to $1,800 a person and, and for the uh, month or for the year. Oh, for the year. That's it. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Cause we go, we're I not mean, in LA anymore. That's right. You're, you're St. Louis. I'm in St. Louis <laughs> in Ohio. I mean, a lot yeah. of our employees are in, uh, in Ohio. And so, yeah, that's, it's, it's a little uh, cheaper over there. Dollars go a little further. <laughs> It's one of the perks and benefits of being in the Midwest. Further. Dude, a lot further. Yeah. Um, I like it, man. That's cool. And you came out with this new book. We met through um, – we met because you started emailing me, right? We met through Peter Vogt and we kind of reconnected at Mastermind Talks with yes. Jason Gaynard. Yes. And I had a book that came out, School of Greatness, about six months ago. And you said, hey, you got to do some gifting for some of the bigger influencers who are helping you promote, essentially, right? Yeah, I just offered you – I said – you probably got three or four people that went right. above and beyond the first three or four, whether you do any gifting, let me, let me take care of them. I'll right. comp them. Yeah. And you said, talk to my girl, Sarah. <laughs> yes. She's the one that's actually making sure that all this gets done. Yes. And, uh, we had a conversation. She's like, nobody's ever talked to me about gifting. I was planning on doing this, this, and this, and 
Right. We were going to give like some meats and, you know, some gift cards. I used to get like steaks and like whatever, iTunes gift cards or something. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, so uh, we don't really know what to do for I, this type of thing. I don't think most people do. I think most people yeah. are, they're so busy running their business or they're so busy selling or leading their company or podcast mm-hmm. or, you know, interviewing Tony Robbins that, yeah, yeah. uh, gifting, you're probably not like when you're, when the head hits the pillow, you're not thinking about gifting. What type of gift could I give somebody? Yeah. But the power of gifting is huge. And I'll, I'll give an example, a story. I, uh, I used to have a course years ago that was a thousand dollar online course. And I remember just feeling like we got to give people something like once they buy. Like Tangible. To, yeah. Like something physical is an online course. Let's give them like, send them a thank you note, congratulations, whatever, but also like a gift, something. And at the time I was using, um, send out cards, mm-hmm. you know, send out cards. Yeah. And we would give them like a brownie package or some type of like cookies or whatever it was like. $20 worth of a gift, right? Yep. Something like that. And a handwritten card and something else. And I remember someone emailed me one time saying, you know what? I was thinking about refunding this just because I wasn't using it. And uh, not that the product was bad or anything, but that I wasn't using it. And I was just like, it's not for me because I don't have time. But you know what? This gift you sent me, like really, uh, it stuck with me and it reminded me how like good of a person you are. And I appreciated it. And so I'm not going to refund anymore. So I was like, I saved a thousand dollars with a twenty dollar investment. With a twenty dollar investment, that's a fifty x. Right, that's, that's not, not bad. bad. And so, and you don't know like if people are going to refund or for whatever reason, but giving is always going to be in your benefit if it's with. I didn't do it to be like, let's save refunds. <laughs> right. You know, it was like, let's just do it because it's the right thing, or it's it's something that I would want to experience myself. Yep. You know what I mean? We all want to be treated VIP. We all right? want to be loved on. We all want to be treated special. And yeah. Gifting is one of those ways that, yeah, we're all emotional human beings, and it's exactly. amazing how that uh, that impacts people. So, then when did you start learning about gifting? Was this when you were doing the sales for Cutco? Yeah, or? it was. So, I, I, um, yeah, I was pretty motivated. I was uh, dating a girl at the time. Her dad was an attorney, and he was the kind of guy that all the deals seemed to flow his way and he never seemed to be in a hurry. He would take time for lunch and, and <laughs> relaxed. Uh, relaxed and he, but he owned parts of the bank and oil wells and the real estate that he bought that all of a sudden three years later magically became the big development in town. <laughs> you're like, what? I'm like, what is going on here? But I also noticed when you're poor, you notice when people are generous. And so I started to see like, he would find deals on stuff like noodles and buy like everybody at church the next Sunday, like a year supply of noodles. And I'm like, Paul, that was like 10 G's of noodles. Wow. And he's like, I know, but they're just, I, people loved him. Did you see they light up? I'm like, yeah, you just gave them like a four boxes of these Amish-made noodles. He's like, I know, but they, they needed it more than I do. People, so, Amish is big in Ohio, just to let you know. It's the largest Amish community in the world, right? It's in Ohio. Not, it's like Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana. I think it's Indiana, Ohio, right? PA. Ohio's bigger. Ohio's bigger, right? Yeah. I remember going down like, I don't know, just driving with my dad to like see his clients down like the farm, the farmland on the on the roads, two main roads. See like the buggy and, and the horse and carriage and just yeah Amishville man it's, I mean it's legit yeah get the Amish butters and like all the good foods it's like the best food and they're amazing craftsmen oh they're, great. yeah yeah half my house is filled with furniture from really there. oh it's amazing yeah it's that's great. cool it's crazy great like rocking chairs I remember like yeah. wooden rocking chairs are like perfect yeah yeah we've got like hutches and tables <laughs> and furniture and leather and all kinds exactly. of stuff exactly anyways so 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 I I saw him. What I now call radical generosity. I saw him modeling it. So I went and pitched him the idea. I'm like, Paul, you have all these clients. Um, You're always giving them things. And why don't we do pocket knives uh, for your clients? I think we could engrave something on these Cutco pocket knives. Because you're selling. selling Yeah, I'm selling. And uh, and he already bought a set for himself and his three daughters that weren't even married yet. So he bought like two grand worth of knives before. And I'm like, Paul, like, this is amazing. He's like, I want to buy. I want to help you more, but I don't know what else I can buy. And so you never ask an He wanted to help you buy more, but yeah. he's like, I've bought them for everyone already. Yeah. And so I went back and pitched him the pocket knives. And he kind of leaned back in his chair. I remember it was like a Sunday morning before church. And he's like, uh, he's like, how about the paring knives? Could you engrave those? And I'm like, I got this like weird deer and headlights look on my face. Like, you're going to give grown men paring knives. Like, that's kind of What are weird. paring knives? To educate me. Like, like, a, like a peeling knife. Like what you peel an apple with. Like a little short little. Gotcha. And uh He's like, you're probably wondering why. And I'm like, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and he said, I found that if you take care of the entire family, everything else seems to take care of itself. Mm. And so is that it's point not for I the man. It's for, it's for the family. Mm. And, uh, and he's like, I still see things I've given 30 years ago still around the kitchen. He's like, I love things that go in the kitchen. And so what about the paring knives? And I'm like, 
I'll sell you as many paring knives as you want. Like, sure. So we started, I started to realize that it wasn't about the paring knife. It was a delivery vehicle for building this relationship. And it's now what we call an artifact. It's, it's something that if you give somebody something and you do it the right way, it becomes every time they see it, it's like the knife in your kitchen. Like you're reminded of the dinners, the experiences, the podcast, the whatever. And it's a trigger. And Paul was amazing. He was always top of mind for that phone call because Everybody was always thinking about him because of his generosity. And so I started to know. So he got all the deals. He got all the deals. Yeah. And he was not doing it with strings attached. Like he would sometimes gift somebody and I would see it come back to him. Like, you know, like he'd done it 20 years prior. And all of a sudden, like this opportunity came up and I'm like, Paul, how did that happen? He's like, well, you know, I just stayed in touch and, you know, I'm like. And he's a, and he actually grew up. He was Amish, so he spoke the la- really? language. And he they left the Amish church when he was nine, and then he ended up going straight from he got his GED, didn't go to high school, went straight into college, became a teacher, and then went to law school. Wow! And uh, was helping. He was a great attorney, but really he was a connector. Like, yes, in that area, like he just knew everybody, knew what was going on, and everybody picked up the phone and just loved Paul. And I'm like, I nobody is teaching this gifting like. There, there, there's order takers like Harry and David. Hey, if you want, you want a basket with nuts in it or chocolate? Like everybody's just order taking. Nobody was actually teaching this strategy of what we call strategic gifting. And so I started to use the gifting to get access to people. I started to use the gifting to, to help companies open doors and referrals and all these different things. And so that was, that's why I sold so much. Cause I'd go into a company. I wouldn't say, Hey, Mr. Jones, would you like a set of knives for your kitchen? I would say, you have a hundred sales reps. How are they, are they generating all the referrals you want? Hmm. Are you getting the leads that you want to get? Are you getting the, the, if I could accelerate your sales cycle by an extra six months, you could get into that door faster. Your sales guys good. Right. What would that be worth to you? I'm like, Oh my gosh, it'd be worth a half a million dollars to us. Well, now all of a sudden 50 grand in knives is nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So you're going in and helping them solve their problems as opposed to trying to sell them knives. So, I mean, it's like anything else. Like, exactly. I mean, yeah, you could sell them, yeah, you sell the product, you sell the solution. And, right, And right. we realized very quickly nobody gave a, a two rips about knives. Right. But they did care a lot about referrals and they did of care course. a lot about access. And making and, money and, and building generosity. Yeah, yeah. I love it. We got a new book out called Giftology. And um, the cool thing is this book came in a bag for those watching the video on YouTube. And if you're not watching the video on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash Lewis House. But you told me you created these custom bags. The bag cost you $50. This thing is beautiful. And it's got a little string here, and it's you know metal and leather, and um, and then there's a yeah, book it's handmade inside. in St. Louis. Handmade in St. Louis. It's not Amish, but it smells pretty good. <laughs> and uh, and then the book inside is beautiful as well. And this is just a galley copy, which most people don't even have hardback galley copies, which you have yourself. And I think it's beautiful. It's called Giftology: The Art and Science of Using Gifts to Cut Through the Noise, Increase Referrals, and Strengthen Retention. And he's got a little knife there to cut through. It's cute. Um, but I love it, man. I love this, this principle, I love this concept. You know, the law of reciprocity is something I learned about when I read um, Influence by Robert Cialdini. Yeah. And um, a lot of marketers talk about the law of reciprocity, giving a free gift to have someone give you their email address, that type of thing. But a lot of people use it in like a spammy, Sleazy. scammy way. Yes. And um, it's not authentic. It's not really premium. You know, I think of the way you do it. It's like a premium level of gifting. And so let's dive in more about that. I mean, why giftology? What's the what's the title of giftology? What does it actually mean? Uh, well, giftology. I mean, it's uh, when you're titling a book, you're like, gosh, there's. Like, <laughs> you looked at Rattle with General. I'm sure you probably had the same yeah, thing. Like, yeah, you look yeah. look at hundred different titles, and we use book in a box. And I talked to Zach and Tucker and the guys, and I'm like, here's a list of what, what I'm thinking of, and here I'm leaning towards this radical generosity. It just feels good at the heart mm-hmm. level. And they're like, but nobody's gonna know what that means, right? And you're at the end of the day, like, yes, it's all these solutions and strategic gifting, but you're a gifting expert mm-hmm. and you use gifting to deepen relationships, you use gifting. So gift needs to be in the name. And people think of gifting as a warm, fuzzy, like it's a nice to, not a have to, it's not a revenue generator. Yeah. And the ology adds like, there's a science to this. Like yeah. we're wired for reciprocity. We're wired mm-hmm. um, to, uh, to, as emotional beings. And so I wanted to show people, yes, there's that warm, fuzzy, authentic side, but there also is this scientific, there's case studies, there's research that shows like right. when you love on people well, that's why you take people out to dinner or to a ball game. You know when you, uh, when you deepen relationships, things happen. It's true. And things move forward. And so most people do the experiential side really well, but they, they suck at 
saying thank you. I do. And one of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host canva presents unexplained appearances it was an ordinary workday until that presentation appeared out of thin air also it's eerily on brand Wait, did that agenda just write itself words appear making this unexplainable case unexplainable it's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. So you did this with Book in a Box, is that right? I did. With Tucker. You know Tucker launched Book in a Box on this podcast. Come on. About, no. About, I didn't. About a year and a half ago or two years ago, he was like, hey, man, can I come on? I got, I got to share something I'm thinking about doing. And he's like talked about it for the first time. He's like... Here's an email. Just email my personal email if you guys are interested. And like 15 people signed up for Book in a Box, and he was in business the next day. And he did it a year later. He came back on and talked. Did he about know it. he was going to do that, or did you? He was just like, ask I'm thinking about doing this. And so, if you guys want it, like, here, email I'm just me. Just gonna throw it out there. Yeah. And then a year later, he goes, I, I got to come back on and talk about how your podcast made me a million dollars in this business because I wasn't, you know, it launched on your podcast. So, anyways, it's cool that you're you did it. Yeah, why well, the, bu the book wouldn't have happened? I mean, I've been thinking about this for five years, uh -huh. and we had the ideas for a long time, but but actually getting them out of my head onto paper and, and it's challenging to write a book, man. That's a whole other topic. But yeah. anyway, it's a fun little fact there. That's um, so let's talk about the law of reciprocity. Now, why is the law of reciprocity so powerful? Talk about this. Yeah, well, I think that you know you go back into like tribal times or biblical times, like you know people would somebody would show you an act of kindness, like we're wired in our DNA to want to reciprocate it back. And Why I think, is that? Do you know? Well, I mean, depend upon your faith, Ben, or whatever else. I think that there's a lot of different angles you could take it with it, but I think that um, we're psychologically, I think we just want to do nice things back. We want to keep the scales even and we oh. want to take care of people. And so I think that there's that, that element. Um, and I think that, uh, there's an element of, you know, when you give somebody a gift, every time they use it, they're reminded of that somebody did something nice for them. Right. So there's that tangible element of a, a continuous reminder of wanting to even the scales. Um, you know, I, I'm not a psychologist, sure, so sure, I, sure. I, I can't, uh, I can't go into, uh, to all the different reasons, but right. I think that, uh, you know, it, the interesting thing is it's not a Western culture thing. It's, it's for the last 10,000 years, like all over the world, all over the world. And you go back to like, you know, the old Testament, like a gift brings you, uh, a gift ushers you into the presence of the great. Wow. That's a proverb. Ooh, that's good. I like the greats in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and so I think that, uh, it's. Yeah, you know, it it goes back thousands of years. It's not just That's a. Uh, it's just not a. And it's universal. It's not just like American culture or whatever. No, which I love. Um, so you talk about time and why it's someone's most precious commodity. So how does gifting and and play in with time and helping people? It's one of the, like it's part of my secret sauce. I think that a lot of times people they're like, well, they'll wait for a referral to happen, and that's when they send a gift. Like. Then it becomes a tit for tat, like, hey, you did something for me and I have to immediately do something and it devalues. It like, doesn't feel authentic, right? It's well, like, well, it's like, if, imagine if, uh, it's like you have to give the gift. Yeah, it's obligatory. Right. And I think that, um, that when you, if you look at most executives, you're, you know, people, I hate the word, like, I want to pick your brain. I mean, how many times do you hear that? All the time. All the time. And so basically what it basically means is I want your time for free. Yes. And so when, you know, when it's some, the worst. it's the worst. And so when somebody comes to me or somebody comes, to, when I sit down with somebody and, and I do this probably two to 300 times a year, I sit down with them, they're a potential client, they're a, a potential prospect, friend, whatever, an hour of their time is worth $100 an hour, $500 an hour, $1,000 an hour. So whether they ever yeah. refer me business, they gave me an hour that they could have spent with their kid, with their wife, on their business. So I say, thank somebody for their time. So I send out you know knives or whatever, and I thank them for carving out the time. I'll send them a two to $300 gift. I love he's like carving out the time. Yeah, yeah there's a nice little tie-in. <laughs> Thematically, people yes. like that. 
But when you honor somebody's time and That's... you don't ask for anything in return, you say, whether we ever do anything, you gave me 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 15 minutes, and the gift is no strings attached and you're, it's not like, Hey, let's get together again. Right. Like that's most people ruin the gift. Well, you recommend me now to your, whatever your client. Yeah. They want to put strings attached. And so I think when you honor somebody's time, I saw Paul do that all the time. Like he would, after some, something happened, he would send him a no, nice note or a gift or whatever else. And so I started to do that as my standard practice. When I sit down with somebody, whether they're going to be a client or not. And it's amazing how all of a sudden, 10 years later, that person comes back around. And now they're maybe at the time, they weren't even a relevant prospect or client or referral partner, but now they're at another company. Or now they start a podcast that blew up. And three years later, it's got, you know, like you, two and a half million downloads a month. Um, one, but, one and point three, not that much. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> only 1.3. It's going to get there close. Only 1.3 million. I mean, that's crazy. So I, so I, I think that honoring somebody's time is yeah. one of the most valuable, and and in our hectic world, that's that's the commodity that uh, that we're all you know kind of fighting against. I love it, man. I love that. Um, talk about uh, why you don't like the term token of appreciation. Um, yeah, I hate that word. Would you ever say that your relationship is a token relationship? No. Then why would you use the word token when you're describing? The you know like in 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 you know let's go back two thousand years like kings would give a gift based upon the value of the relationship. So if you you're a king, I'm a king, and we want to partner up, or we're thinking about like some project or conquering this other kingdom, I'm going to give you like a thousand steers because this relationship's really it's important. Deal. It's a yeah. big deal. And in our Western culture, 2016, we say, you know, thanks so much for the million dollar referral. Here's a token of our appreciation. Oh my gosh. It's uh, to me, it's a swear word, it's like a small gift or something. Yeah, it's like I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm almost kind of embarrassed about this gift. So if I call it a token, maybe it like, you know, like somehow makes it okay that I sent you a gift card from Starbucks or I sent you a thirty dollar bottle of wine and you just sent me a thirty thousand dollar profit deal. Like it right. just, I hate the word token. It should be, I, I say, this is an artifact. This is a symbol of our friendship. Interesting. Um, and I think that that's way more powerful, meaningful, way more yeah. meaningful. And, and, uh, when you start thinking about it as an artifact, like I want this person to maybe pass this down someday. Mm, that's cool to keep it forever. Yeah. I mean, go back to the Amish reference an heirloom. Mm, yeah. I hope, I hope this, this stays in their family for, for the next few generations. Interesting. That's cool. That's what my hope is with, you know, when I, with the book and a bag, that's for my kids. But if I'm going to do a book, like that's 15 years worth of effort, like yeah. $50 for a bag is nothing. It's great, man. Yeah, it's great. Um, okay, let's talk about the type of gifts that you should be giving. Now, you mentioned, so should you be giving a gift if someone gives you a referral mm -hmm. then, or do you give it to them before? Uh, so um, you don't tie it to the referral. So there's um, what I call inspirational gifting, the just because. So I have... I, Four times a year, I pick different times throughout the year. I'll send our top 250 relationships a gift out of the blue just because. Now, I'd be lying if I didn't say it. Like, I hope that over the next 10 years, something, off. that something comes from it. Like, that's it, not like we're running a not-for-profit. Right. But there's no strings it's expensive. attached. These gifts aren't, like, cheap either. Yeah, it's not insignificant. But they're the same price as a dinner or a round of golf. But most people's minds, like, they'll spend $300 on a dinner, and then they want to spend $30 on the gift. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, right. They need to be congruent. Um, so I think that uh, a gift after referral feels very transactional. And most yes. people would say relationships are their most important asset. So you don't want to come across as transactional. So either do the gift ahead of time before the referral happens and maybe referral happens or wait six months after the referral and, and tie it to a just because not a, I call it planned randomness. I know when the gift's going out, but it's not tied to a, a transaction. Right. It's, it's, it's tied to a relationship. It's funny. I actually did that with like my book. Uh, when I had all these big influencers help promote, I was just in the like, the madness of the book launch and traveling and speaking and just doing every interview every day that I wanted to like give a gift, but I just didn't have the time. So I waited like six months later and then you reached out. You're like, Hey, well, let's help you do this. And so I did it, it actually like, worked to your favor. Yeah. It was like, because I was like, you know, just in the mess of it, it worked in my favor because it was so much longer after they promoted. That's one time where procrastination was your friend. <laughs> it really paid off. Yeah. But now that I know the science behind it, I'll be much more prepared and Sarah will help set me up to win. Um, when you have that much, that many people promoting at one time, I think it's important to take care of everyone as well and just let them know, hey, I appreciate it. And if you, you know, can do that six months before the launch, that's where it's at. And that's what I'm going to be planning for the next time too. So, yeah, you don't want them to be tied together. Like, no. hey, like 
sports teams, our sports clients are like, Hey, we got these renewals coming up and we want to send this gift out a month before the renewal. And I'm like, you really think somebody's going to do it? Yeah. You really think somebody's going to take that carrot at $200 gift and renew a half million dollar sponsorship package with you? Like, are they, you think that they're that dumb? Like, right, right, right. like that's insulting. Like they're not going to spend half a million dollars because you sent them a $200 gift. Like it's actually going to work in your, against you. Like they're going to get it and be like, is this guy serious? Like they right. really, and so, but if it showed up two years before that renewal and you loved on them the whole way, now all of a sudden it's like, I want to renew right. because of how I've been treated. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so talk about the, the levels of gifting, the price, the price range, edible versus non-edible. What's the perfect gift? Um, well, there's no like magic bullet. I mean, if you look at the book, there's, there's, we boiled things down to kind of 10 criteria. Um, and our rule of thumb, people are like, what should I spend on the gift? And so for your top 20% of your relationships could be employees, clients, suppliers, board of directors, whatever. Our rule of thumb is, and this is pretty much every industry. I don't care if you're financial services. Yeah. I don't care if you're insurance. Like if people are like, oh, I can't do that. Like there's always ways around and playing within the rules of, and still doing things classy. People use the, the example of like, well, I have Walmart as a client. I can't give a gift to Walmart. And I'm like, are all of your clients Walmart or do you have another 99 clients that would be appreciative? Right. Um, but most people get scared of it, so they don't even touch it. So the rule of thumb is whatever you'd spend on a round of golf, ball game tickets, um, cigars out, drinks, you dinner. should be dinner. You should be willing to spend on a tangible artifact, something that's going to be around not. 10 hours. It's going to be around hopefully 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. So our sweet spot for gifting of what we recommend. Tangible, not food. I, I mean, food, number one, like I, I knew that you drank juice, so I brought you juice. Yes. I don't really view that as a gift. That's just kind of like a cool thing to do because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm coming up and we're going to be chatting and I figured everybody. It's a, it's a token of your appreciation. No, I'm no. Just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. There are times where, you know, that's just, uh, just a generous thing. Yeah. Dude. But I don't, I don't view that as a gift. Yeah. Yeah. But most people would be like, hey, I just sent you a cool gift. I'm like, no. you sent me some juice. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> You're not going to be bragging about it 10 years from now. No, no. Interesting. Um, so not, not edible in most situations. Number one, it's you know, you talk about a cost per impression when you're measuring like advertising and marketing dollars. You spent, let's say, on a steak dinner, $100, $200. You sp now you get the relationship, but they're going to go on 100 steak dinners that year. So why is your steak dinner any different than the other 99? Yeah, it doesn't. And you're consuming food. It's gone, and you spent $200 on one impression. Not a very good, you know, no. ROI, and so we say a hundred to a thousand. I spend dinner. On, I, I buy dinner for pretty much every time I go out for everyone I'm with. Should I just stop paying for dinner for people? No, I mean there's <laughs> there is a time and place for entertaining, and obviously yes, for your yes. team or for your people. But most people put all of their eggs in that one basket, and it's become almost obligatory. Like I'm sure there's some people that like just kind of take advantage of your generosity, and that's it's kind of like oh, Lewis. It's like he's a, the man. He's going to take care of that. Yeah, and I don't even, you know, I just take it before it even comes. I just that, so it's, that's just a classy thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so our rule of thumb is a hundred to a thousand dollars per gift. We go as low as hundred to one thousand. Yep, yep, yep. So it's not for your it, top twenty percent tier relationships. Yep, it's not for everybody, but not less than a hundred. I mean, it depends where you're at, yeah. how much money you're making. If you're making forty grand a year. And you got a hundred people to send something to. But then you probably, in our opinion, if you can't do a hundred gifts well, do ten well. Interesting. And so boil your. A lot of times people are like, I have a thousand people to do. And I'm like, well, where's most of your revenue coming? Yeah. You know, maybe it's the top 10, 20, 50, 100. Most people try to do, they blank it out and try to do the same thing for everybody. And so they end up spending money to have no impact. Yeah. So they send everybody a Pez dispenser and they're like, gifts don't work. I didn't get any thank yous. Or they do promotional gifts, which is the worst. I get sent so much swag, junk, trinkets, and like, trash. I will never wear this T-shirt. I will never wear this whatever wristbands. It's no. like you want me to wear these things, but I wear a, a black V-neck. Give me a nice V-neck, black V-neck, and I'll wear it. You know, yeah. no logo on it. No, it's <laughs> maybe just on the tag that only I could see. You know, <laughs> even then, put your logo on exactly. it. Exactly, put your name on. It. And that's what we teach in the book. Is yeah. a is it a gift? Is it, a, is it a marketing tool? Because a gift is recipient-focused. A, a promotional gift or a marketing tool is brand-focused. And most people try to blend both of them together, and it, and it doesn't work. It's, it's being trash. It be, it's trash because the, the person who receives it is like, I don't want to be an advertisement for their brand. And their spouse is like, we're not putting this out. Like, are you kidding me? That's tacky. But most people in their head, they think, I got this great idea. I'm going to give out these thousand gifts, and they're going to be, you know, they got the logo the size of a softball and the chest of the polo, and they're like, they don't realize most of those are getting regifted to goodwill before they even get home. 
Yes. And so you spent only spent $50 on whatever it was, but it ends up not getting used. But no one wears it. Nobody uses. wears it. And But they check a box, and they did their marketing for the day, and then they wonder why they're not like getting referrals, why the person's not sending thank yous. And it's like, well, you would never – and I tell – people use the example like they'd never do this in their personal life. They'd never go to a wedding. You, you never go to a wedding and, and get this nice Tiffany's vase and say, compliments of Lewis House. Here yeah. you go. My best friend, here's the gift. I want you to think about me every single day. Like you'd engrave their name and their date yeah. of the wedding on it. And yet in business, we do things we'd never do in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like we waste our money. And it, But the challenge is, is nobody will write the note that says your gift sucks. I regifted it. It actually devalued the relationship. But nobody's honest in their thank you notes. <laughs> Get, imagine it's true but it goes in their head they're thinking we don't want to be mean we don't want to be rude we're like oh they tried to do something nice yeah it's not the thought that counts i told you it's a thoughtful thought that counts mm. and and most people are like they want to mail it in and they're like oh it's the thought that counts i'm like no it's not like you would not use that in any other part of your business but for some reason like gifting is you get this excuse to give lame ass gifts no like that's not how that's not how gifting works if you want it to be a gift and you want it to be congruent with who you are and you say you're world class then either write a really nice note and don't do a gift or do it right. That's Those are the two options, and most people have never been taught that. You, like You don't go to business school, and there's no gifting class. Well, now there's going to be. Well, possibly. <laughs> now you're creating an online course of gifting. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Udemy course. Um, I like it. So it's not the thought that counts. It's the thoughtful thought that counts. Yep. It's a good one. I like that. So don't say you shouldn't even send anything at all or just – a note, a handwritten note, or a very thoughtful gift. Yep, yep. Unless it's a you know, if you're the you know the Dallas Mavericks and you want to hand out twenty thousand T-shirts, by all means, have at it. Put your logo on it and and, and pass wear it out. for that one game. And it's yeah, white out or black yeah, out or whatever. But that's not a gift. That's it's a, a promotional. That, that's a promotional item, and that's fine. And if you're at a trade show and you want to hand out pens, I don't think it's a good use of resources. I think you'd be better off to spend that five thousand dollars on your. You know your top, top ten, top, top twenty, top twenty relationships, and do something really cool for them that they're not expecting. Like um, but uh, but most people, you know, they they don't want to do that. I'll give you an example of a thoughtful gift that worked for me. Maybe it wasn't a gift, but a thoughtful way of connecting with me. Again, I'm sure, like like you said, a lot of people email me or message me and ask to like pick my brain or take time. And like you said, time is the most valuable thing for for a lot of us. Yep. And I'm still focused and committed on what I'm doing. And at one point in my podcast, I said, listen, you know, school for me just didn't work. And although college was great for sports and connecting and communication and just becoming a human being and just interacting with people, it was great for that. Like I didn't learn any other like information from my classes that I applied to what I'm doing now. Yep. So I said at one point, like, you know, don't go back to business school, find the mentor that find someone in your life or in the world that really inspires you in the business they've created and then go uh, don't ask them to work for them for free because I get that all the time. Like a lot of people say, I'll move to LA. I'll work for you for three, for three months. I'll give you six months of my life, whatever. But I just want to learn everything I can from you. I want to pick your brain and then just be by your side. I'm like, I don't have the time to Weed out teach you everything, first off. And then you're just going to leave and go do something else. Like, why would I put my energy so you can learn from me and what? Do some social media tweets or something for me in return? Like, it doesn't pay off. You know, when I'm charging 10 grand an hour for coaching, how does that pay off? Yeah, it doesn't. And so I said, instead you should, like, I would have, if I had the money when I was like younger, I would pay someone 10, 20 grand to work for them for a year and say, listen, I will work for you and I'll pay you 20 grand. And essentially I'm going to work my butt off for you. I'm going to do whatever you tell me. I'm going to research whatever you tell me to do, anything you tell me to do. I just want to be able to access and be around, you know, once a week for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And just be able to listen and kind of be around. And then whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. And uh, I made that that point. And um, like a few months later, a guy dropped off a box, like a, a custom box essentially, with a five-page letter that essentially said, I want to pay you 10 grand to come work for you for three months. I'll give you everything I got. Here are all my skills. Here are all my weaknesses. Here's the things I can't really do well at all. Pretty honest. And I'm putting it out there for you right now. But here's what I'm really confident in and what I can do for you. And, um, you know, I'll do whatever it takes and I'll pay you 10 grand. And I was like, I was like, now this is how you do it. I, was, I still like waited. I was like, I don't even know if I want to take this, but I was like, this is how you do it. Yeah. Because it made me think about it, made me talk about it. I talked to my whole team about it. it I like tweeted it, it out you. there. 
the movement. I was like, this guy got creative. And, um, and then I didn't respond for a few days and he kept emailing me and following up. Hey, I dropped this thing off. Just wanted to make sure you got it. Would love to like discuss Pleasantly it. Pleasantly persistent. I love persistent, it. Persistent, persistent. And then finally, like a month or two later, I was like, all right, let's jump on a call and just like feel it out. And then we talked, and then a couple of days later, I was like, okay, let's do this for three months and it's check it out. It's a good experiment, nonetheless. I mean, experiment, I, yeah. And um, so, yeah, he's about to start here. He's been doing some part-time stuff. Already. Oh, this hasn't even happened yet. It just happened. And he, we've been like, he's been doing some research for my next book already, but he was finishing up school, master's program, and like he starts like in a couple of days or something. So, yeah, he's going to pay me the 10 grand, and then uh, we'll do the work for three months and see where it goes. That's yeah, but I'm like, that's how you, if you really want something, if you want to learn, and this guy's going to learn more in three months than he would anywhere for two years, in my opinion. Because I, I, now I'm like, I'm committed to this guy. I'm like, I appreciate the thoughtfulness. I've already given him things that I know it's going to like put him 10 years above everyone else. Yeah. His age group. You're giving him the short, you're giving him I'm the giving him stuff that I really like now. I'm yeah. like, hey, work on this, work on this. Not just like manage my social media, but like. Let's really yeah, dive in together. This said, go get me coffee or this get isn't me juice. That. No, this is like you're working with me on some projects that are going to be really impactful for a lot of people, and it's going to help you in a couple of years. In 10 grand versus, I mean, think about the, the ROI. Like, yeah. I mean, he completely changed the, the paradigm because, I mean, if changed you're charging $10,000 for an hour of coaching. He's going to get for three months. You know what I mean? It's like I feel but like he was the first one like to I'm be bold screwed. enough. I feel like I'm getting screwed out of the deal, but really, it's it's great. It's going to be a win-win. And that's why I'm doing it because he's going to help me a lot, save me a lot of time, and I'm going to teach him a lot. So it's going to be amazing. But that's the thing, and that's something you, you do really well. It's like you're really creative with – you're very intentional. Even the bag and like the book, it's very intentional with everything you do. Um, and the way you reached out to me, it was like, hey, even if you don't use our, our service, which is essentially premium gifting Gift for strategy people, and logistics. Gift yeah. strategy and logistics. Like I just want to help you out. And here's essentially like five to five hundred to a thousand dollars worth of gifts that you can use, whether we never talk again. And for me, that's like okay, if someone's willing to put money or time or energy on the line, yeah, and be really thoughtful to help save me time and energy, it's like I'm willing to at least take a look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and we run. I mean, some mutual friends and run in the same circle. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I've I've spent. I do this all the time, but I'm like, yeah, you know, there's almost like my gambling money. I go to Vegas. Like I gamble on people. <laughs> I'm like, right. I never know how it's going to pay I off. never know how it's going to pay out. And, and, and sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's literally some of our best relationships. It took seven years to develop. Like we planted yeah. the seed. Nothing happened. I wasn't mad. Like in many cases, people come back and like, do you remember X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, I, I wish I could say yes. Well, like gifts that you gave yeah. them? <laughs> gifts I gave them or gifts like I gave for ago. them to give to their most. Like that's oh one of my gosh. most impo- impactful re- questions is who are the three people that are most important to you that I can make you look like a million bucks to? Like a... Uh... Like a hero. Like, I want to be your, yeah, I want to, I want to make you look like a hero to your most, your mentors or, and people are like, oh my gosh, like, and what's weird is you would think that they're already appreciating those people, but there's a lot of times people, they have good intentions, but they just never get around to it. And so when you make it so easy that all, all they have to do is say yes and send the names. And that's it. And, and then they don't ta- have to spend anything, don't have to make We write decision. the notes, yeah. we do everything. We take care of everything. And they're like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to, I've been racking my brain and most people get, how get to, to the give, point, yeah. what to give, how to give. They don't want to look silly, and so they just don't do it. And so we kind of take that barrier away. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's amazing what's, uh, what what comes from that. Now, what's we talk about shock and awe in the book, and you say there's a formula to shock and awe. What does that What does that mean? Well, the the, uh, the formula. Most people ask themselves what the least they can get away with and do. And you know, Paul was a great person that would say, "What's the most I can do?" And so, you know, when we, you know, we've had clients where they're like, "Hey, we've been trying to get in this door, and it's you what's know, the most I can do without going broke?" Right? Yeah, because you're not going to do the most and be like, "Well, I just spent fifty thousand dollars." No, no, but I like like what you know, Cameron Harold, the you know, mutual friend. Um, first time I met him, I heard him speak at an EO event. I'm like, this dude, I don't want him to, I don't want to be a groupie. I want him to be my mentor. Yes. And so I ended up finding out that he was a huge Brooks Brothers fan. He was coming to Cleveland and going to be speaking. And I, um, I told him I was a Jose Bank guy when I was talking to him and I asked him for a shirt size and he looked at me kind of weird. Like <laughs> this dude got like a man crush on me. Like this is weird. And so, uh, when he came into town, like his flight got delayed and he was, go- we were supposed to go to dinner and a ball game, kind of the normal like routine. And you could tell like he was like, why did I ever agree to this? Because like all of his flights got delayed. And I five hours beforehand, he didn't know this, but I went up to Brooks Brothers and I said, Here's the guy's sizes. I want one of everything in the fall collection. Wow. 
shirts, jackets, sweaters, everything. How much is that? Seven grand. <laughs> but you build a relationship for life, huh? Yeah. So we went to the GM at the Ritz and said, you got a, a VIP coming to town. He's one of the top business coaches in the world. Would you like to do something crazy and special? And of course, they would. it's the Ritz. They said, yes. So he merchandised his hotel room to look like a Brooks Brothers oh store. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and so when he went to check in and went, like, we're in the lobby waiting for him. I mean, my business partner, my business partner just bought 50% of ruling group and, and he's the CFO guy. I'm the visionary. And he's like, dude, you're either crazy or a genius. Like he, he, I'm sweating. So grand. Like, yes. Um, and so he comes back down and before his shoulders were all slouched, he can't, his eyes were like the size of silver dollars. He's like, John, whatever you want to talk about for as long as you want to talk about it, I'm all ears. He's like, I've never had anybody. He's like, I've texted pictures to John to Julius for customer service books. He's like, this is unbelievable. Now he's, you know, from that point forward, the, the, the trust, ball, the, the, trust relationship. the relationship, I mean, he, you know, his wife invited his attention, me to his, his level of like opening up doors for anything. is probably, you a name a client level. and he's willing to open the door for them. Yeah. I mean, of doors, it's I could, yes, it's an, of course it's, what do you need? It's anything, anything. And, it, and here's the kicker is, so people are like, why well, don't I have $7,000? And the simple fact is, there's a lot of companies that are listening to your show that probably spent 70 grand on a trade show and maybe got like five good leads that didn't produce anything. Right. And they didn't think anything about Waste that. Waste time, energy, resources. Exhausted. Yep. So people are like, well, I don't have $7,000. I'm like, well, that's fine. How much do you think it cost me? And they're like, I don't know. It was seven grand. I'm like, no. And they said like five grand. I'm like, no. I'm like zero. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, did he not t- keep the stuff? And I said, yeah, he kept it. He kept like $2,000 worth of clothes because he packed up. He picked out what he wanted. And, uh, and he came back to me and said, John, either I'm going to guesstimate and add 30% of what I think those costs, or you're going to tell me, and I'm going to write a check for that. Because the, the personalization, the act of what you did was the gift. I can't let you buy uh, the product as well. So it cost me nothing. Zero. He paid you for... He paid me for the... He insisted. He's like, I'm either going to send you the money and guess and overestimate. Or, yeah. or you can and, tell me. Yeah, or you yeah. can tell me. And uh, and the rest of the clothes just went, you know, the GM you took it to took the, the Brooks and the, yeah, they put it back on my credit card. Wow. But it was the, that kind of shock and awe. Like if I had bought him a shirt. One shirt. Like, oh, thanks, bro. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, that was very nice of you. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and hey, you got my size right. And I'm sure he would have remembered it. But to this day, I mean, he's got jackets that are like, it sounds, you know, like a man crush, but he'll take pictures like, hey, I'm getting ready to fly to Dubai. And he's like taking a selfie Where? in the jacket, <laughs> sending it off to me. Like, so like, you know, now eight years later, he wow. still remembers because it's a tangible one and because of the shock and all. So it's, it's asking yourself the question, what's the most I can do? Most people say, what's the least I can get away with? And that asking yourself that what's the most I can do, it, it opens the realm of possibilities to a $50 bag for a book. Like most people would say, well, the hardcover, you, you know, that's enough. Mm. That's enough. Right. And then you play like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I don't. Now, is it ever too much? Is it like, could there be an extent where like, okay, this is just too far? For like, sure. I, I, like, for, uh, this isn't shock and awe. This is your crazy. Don't ever talk to me again. Yeah. So, and any, anytime you're going to be unique and, and, uh, out of the box, you're going to, like, you're going to run the risk of that. And so I would say that uh, we probably get 1% of our gifts back where somebody either is pissed off or going through a divorce. They hate the gift. They, you know, list off 20 things. Like, you just don't know what's going on in that person's life or what, what they're dealing with business wise. Like, sometimes Never we send know. a gift, like, they're dealing with fraud in their company. And so a gift shows up and it's like, just bad timing, dude. Mm. Like, um, so most people get like, and if you're whole, really high level prospecting going after, you know, millionaires and billionaires, you might get 20% back. And most people focus on the 20% versus the 80% that work. Yeah, yeah. And so, yes, you can go too far, but I would say most people tend to go play too little, not too, not, mm. not too big. I like and that. so, um, not to say that like there's not times where like you know Louis Vuitton bags gonna look like a bribe like we're not trying to look right. like a bribe not giving people a new car yeah you know um, <laughs> although some some people are you know if they're a big referral partner I, I know that I think Chandler Bolt gave away a uh, I think Hal actually Hal Elrod from um, you know Miracle Morning was the biggest referrer and he ended up getting a Tesla. Wow. Or a Lexus or something. That's like more of affiliate marketing and like part of the prizes yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah. that's it, cool. But it's, yeah, it's like Oprah. Like, hey, you get a car. You yeah. Get a yeah. Car. That's great. Um, now tell me about the story about um, posing to your wife because I didn't hear the full story, but Sarah said she read it in, in the book. Yeah. So what happened? Well, I had to get approval to put that in the book because uh, for a long time it was like a, a wedge in our marriage. Oh, it was like, wow. It was a pretty. Um, so. I don't know how much time we have. I'll, t- I'll tell you the very abbreviated version. But I, w- you know, when my wife started and I started dating, she moved to Ohio. 
I, it was about eight, nine years ago. And, um, I went through, I'd sold half the business thinking it was to grow it. And I found out that my assistant was stealing from me. And then I went through an IRS audit and then I like invested in real estate. And it was like 2007, 2008, everything started to melt down. So I went from like the king of everything to like living on a thousand dollars a month. Mm. Like I just battened down the hatches. Like my business partner didn't take a, a salary for 18 months. It was bad. Not the exact time you want to start a like a deep, <laughs> meaningful relationship. Like right, she got right. the worst of being uh, dating an entrepreneur. Wow. So when it came time to do the uh, the engagement, she'd moved back to St. Louis, but we were talking and we went through some rocky times. Um, but she was coming back for Valentine's Day and she's expecting like a dinner, but not like anything big. And so I was like, this is the time I want to get engaged. And I'd been planning it for four months. And if you're a, a sap like I am, the movie The Notebook, if you've ever seen it, sure, sure. Um, you know probably more of a female movie, but I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And so I wanted to recreate the movie for her Wow, of the notebook. And so I took Did our she story. The movie as well? She loved the movie. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's like our, one of our movies. So I wrote in this leather, like real high end leather journal, like 50 pages of our story, remembering things that she, I knew she, she thought I'd forgotten. And then she had one at the time where the iPod, the mini was hot. So I read it to her so like she could listen to the story and read it. And so the plan was she was going to be in St. Louis flying in, you know, after work on Friday night. And so my brother went to film school. Like we flew in. The plan was we'd fly in the, the morning of since we're already past security and he, we went to a bathroom stall and he would transform me into an 85 year old man. Like I looked like I gained a hundred pounds. I had latex makeup, wow. false teeth. It took three hours in the bathroom, in the bathroom. Like, so I'm lifting my legs up. So I don't like, there's not two sets of feet in a bathroom wow. stall in an airport. And, um, <laughs> and so I'd arranged with continental to be sitting on the plane next to her. So like, she was supposed to, my brother delivers this box to her saying, John wanted, wanted you to have this and it got lost in the mail. So he flew me down here to find it. So she opens it up, listens to the first half and the second half of our story, and it gets to the end of the story and, and at 30,000 feet. It was, so she's reading it on the plane. She'd be listening to it and reading it on the second half. instructions of like... Yeah, yeah, listen to the first half on the ground and then oh, listen to the you. second half in the air. And it starts to talk about, you, you know, growing old together. We love me when I this. And it starts to describe, and, I'm sit, and I had arranged with Continental to be sitting on the plane next to her. And she uh, didn't know you were sitting next to her. She had no idea that I'd be sitting. How next did she not know? Because she I'm like, because I, I look like I, I, I like a NASCAR jacket, brute cologne, Velcro, like every detail, like this old Casio watch. Nothing. Like, nothing looked like I looked like I was 85. Wow. And so the plan was, I, you know, if you're a Shawshank Redemption fan, I'd sealed the back half of the notebook with wax, and I'd carved out room for this ring so I could get down on one knee at 30,000 feet. Wow. And then when we landed, her mom and sister and a whole family had driven nine and a half hours and was in a stretch Hummer with my family Shut up. waiting for us. And then we had 200 people of our closest friends and I'd ran out the top level of a, one of the top restaurants who was my cousin owned in Cleveland. So that was how it was supposed to go down. So everything was going perfect. The morning of, we do a makeup run. We go fly into St. Louis. We get changed. I'm in a different part of the airport. She shows up, gets the box. She's listening to it. And I go to get escorted on the plane because I'm, you know, it's for old people and people with, <laughs> with kids. With wheelchair. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden I'm walking. And so I get to like, to, right to the, the jetway to hand my ticket. And I collapsed. What? And so my brother's like, uh, is he like playing like the old guy? And they roll me over and I'm like, there's blood everywhere. <laughs> what happened? You fainted or what? Well, um, and so they're, uh, so Lindsay's like, why is the old guy? Where's the old guy's people? Like, this is like, what's going on? And so another pilot comes off the plane, another plane. And they're like, it's an old guy. He's having a heart attack. They pull the defibrillator off the wall and they put, the, they start to cut the clothes off, pull things back. Now, meanwhile, Lindsay's this goes is before from, you go on the plane, this is before I go on the plane. Oh my God. So she's like, Oh my gosh, what that's John and she like melts down. Like she goes from like being on like she cloud nine. You? She realizes it's me and she just like, oh my gosh, what's like she just freaked that to build a wall of people around me. They put the defibrillator on me and it says to shock me. So they shock me, bounce off the ground, I'm throwing up. They can't stabilize me. So meanwhile, there's a guy getting on an airplane in two thousand eight. Guess what? You know, like who's getting a phone call? FBI. So there's cops and everybody's showing up, like, what the heck is going on here? Like they're interrogating people. My brother, like they like my brother's over in the corner, like showing him the ring, like he was gonna propose, like this isn't a terrorist. They can't stabilize me. They put me on a, in a, uh, on a respirator, put me into the ambulance. Now, meanwhile, like Lindsay's in the back of a cop car following the ambulance with my brother. She's like, and, what is going on? Oh, what is going on? Like my brother's texting my mom, like party's off. John had a heart attack. We have no, like we're on the way to the oh hospital. My gosh. So she finds out from the cop that I was going to propose to her. Like she's crying. She's praying. She's just like a mess. So they take me to the closest hospital. They put me on a, a breathing machine. They, they run every test under the sun. And, uh, Are you unconscious? Or I'm you unconscious. Just, wow. Completely. I don't remember. I don't remember from about 
well, the, when I started walking, I remember from there to like the next morning. Oh my gosh. So the next morning I, I wake up and they're like, basically the doctor's like, you're you're hundred percent. Okay. You're going to be fine, but you're really lucky. Cause, um, I, I had done this really crazy health cleanse. I'd always the January, February, I'd always mm-hmm. do like go to a yoga retreat or do something. And I had eliminated all carbs. Well, that day I didn't eat or drink anything because I was nervous and I'm an airport and I have latex makeup. So I don't want to mess oh with the gosh. makeup. No, you can't breathe. You anyway. can't breathe. Yeah. And so I had a low blood sugar seizure oh that got gosh. misdiagnosed by the machine. And so when I got shocked, my system was already really weak and it shut everything down. They're like, you could have died. Like, holy so, cow. So six days later on an airplane with no disguise, flying back to Ohio, um, we listened to the rest of it. She didn't know the ring was <laughs> in the back. I got, I got down on one knee. We're crying. She oh said, my yes. Gosh. Um, but the kicker is, is that for a long time, I love the story. I'm like one to tell the world. I'm like, this is like better than Romeo and Juliet. Right. I live. Right. And she's like, you don't understand. That was my, that was a nightmare. I hated that. I don't want to ever talk about it. Wow. Like, yes, I want to marry you, but no, I hate that story. And, uh, and for the first three years of marriage, like I was amazing gifting in business world, but I was like bitter. Like, like I almost died for you. And what I realized was, and, th- and this is the last chapter in the book is, um, Lindsay hates surprises. Mm. And I made the gift all about how cool I was and the story. And if it, I pulled it off, it probably would have been fine. Yeah. But in reality, she would have liked a nice romantic dinner, maybe it's a walk simple. on the beach, something. She's a farm girl. She likes nice things, but she's a simple girl. Yeah. And I made the gift all about me. And I didn't ask, I didn't think about what would they want? What did she want? Mm. I made it about what I wanted, the cool story, the cool surprise. You got what you wanted. I got what I wanted. <laughs> but I also like, I mean, she was pissed for a long time. And so wow. I, I finally came back and I apologized to her multiple times saying, I, you know, like I suck. I, I made, I, I made the gift about me, not about you. And, um, I think wow. in business we do that. We like, we make the gift about how cool we are versus about the recipient. We make the gift about our brand versus about the other person. And I'm like, Wow, like this is a pretty powerful point that it took me a, it took me like three years of marriage and like butting heads on this issue to realize like it's not about me, it's about the other person if it's really a gift. Mm. And um and so it was uh yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. Um it's a great story. Couple final questions, then I gotta wrap it up. How important is the presentation of the gift? Wrapped, unwrapped? Super important. You never give a Rolex in a paper bag. That's my analogy. Like you know, it's like when you go to a nice restaurant and the, the, you know, it's like the food just tastes better when it's prepared well presented and well. when it's presented yeah. well. And, um, not in every situation. There's always like people are like, what about this? I'm like, okay, that's an anomaly or that, that worked because of whatever. But in general, the, uh, the details matter. And so the gift wrap makes you get excited in it. The pre- right. presentation, it's like, it's like a book. If I sent you a, a you know, a Kinko's, you know, staple copy, same words, <laughs> But completely different presentation of the book. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, um, yeah, I think, I think that a lot of people will do like, maybe it's a nice gift, but they, they don't handwrite the card. They just type it or yeah. they don't do the right packaging or the right box. And they think it's good enough. Yeah. What if your handwriting is horrible? Is it okay to ask someone else? Because I literally, I, no matter how hard I try, it just looks like it's two-year-old. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 there are times where somebody else will handwrite for me. Gotcha. So I do think the handwriting, it. yeah, the, yeah. Um, but I do think that, uh, even like sloppy handwriting is, is better than more meaningful. It's more meaningful. Okay. And when somebody gets something from you, they're like, I mean, and I, you hear stories all the time where like the president of the company, like sends like two lines to like an employee. And then the, like the president's there like 20 years later at the person's house. And it's like framed in the bathroom. You know, I've, I've talked to multiple CEOs where they're like, Oh my gosh, I, I, I don't even remember writing that. How meaningful it was, though. But how meaningful it was to the other person. So I think that, uh, yeah, I think wow. the presentation matters. Wow. I like it. And what's the 30-day challenge? So I think that most people will say, um, they're th- you know, if they're like anybody, whether you're a guy or a gal, but you're thinking either, hey, I don't have time for this, or John, you're super creative. You must just be wired for this. So that's like your thing. Um and what I tell them is I'm a farm boy from Ohio. Like I didn't grow up around like amazing gifts. Like yeah. my parents were hardworking. They gave what they could, but they, like, I didn't learn this growing up. And I think that, um, one of the most important things we can do. And I know that, you know, Tim Ferriss was one of the first backers of the five minute journal. And I think that the more you can have a system where you're thinking, uh, and focusing on gratitude, and I call it a muscle, it's a muscle that you can, the gratitude muscle that you can work where you're thinking about 
who would I not have a business without? Who would I not have, you know, this, these opportunities without who, who's poured into me over the last two, five, 10, 15, 20 years, when you start to think about who you're grateful for and who, and who you need to show gratitude to all of a sudden, and you make it about them versus about you, you know, like I think anybody can be creative when it comes to gifting, like people that use the excuse, like, Oh, with my spouse, I just suck at gifting. Like, no, you just don't put as much thought and intention into gifting your right. your wife or your husband as you do your business because if you focused on it every day you get you get good at it you get pretty dang good yeah. at it yeah even okay. the most uncreative people so i think that 30 day challenge is getting into the mindset every day even if it's just for 5 minutes mm. i think the 5 minute journal is a great way to uh cool. to do that what are you most grateful for in your life recently oh man that's a great question um i mean i have i have three daughters under 5 that are amazing wow. and so we have a 7 month old um, and I would say that, uh, that my wife has taken the, the brunt of, uh, you know, not the nursing and caring for, but she's like, John, you need sleep and we need sleep. I, I, you know, if you want to, you can go sleep somewhere else just so you can get some rest. And, and like, cause I got pneumonia like six weeks ago Wow. and, uh, you know, with the travel and the book launch and, and we just bought a manufacturing company to start doing our own custom gifts and whatever else. And so there's a lot on the plate uh, that are all good things. But I would say that uh, I'm super grateful for, you know, she stepped up um, being sleep deprived and just holding down the fort when I'm out, mm. you know, touring the country and speaking and whatever else. That's cool. I like it. Um, this is the three truths question. It's the last day for you. And the book is gone and everything you've ever created is gone. But you have a piece of paper and a pen to write down three things that you know to be true about everything you've experienced in life that you want to pass on to whoever wants to read it. Yeah. Three truths. What would your three truths be? Um, that uh, you'll never regret giving more than is reasonable. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a core thing for me. I think that, uh, you know, to to... To not love others uh, the way that you want to be loved, but to love them the way that they want to be loved. And the third one, I wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> so these are candid. These are very candid. So, and They're non-prepped. Yeah, they're non-prepped. Um, I, I would say that, uh, that we all, you know, we are all created with a purpose. We are all created with a purpose. And um, for me, that's to live out and share my faith. Uh, but I think that, uh, that, you know, whether you believe in God or creator, I think that, that, we're, you know, that there's no accidents and we are all here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. I like it. Uh, well, before I ask the final question, um, make sure to go pick up the book, Giftology, the art and science of using gifts to cut through the noise, increase referrals and strengthen retention by John Rulin. Uh, and you can get the book on Amazon or where is the, uh, the book website? Giftologybook.com. Giftologybook.com. And um, where do you hang out the most online? Where can we connect with you personally? Uh, I mean, you go to Ruling Group, which is, is kind of our site to kind of learn a little bit about yep. who we are, what we do. Um, R-U-H-L-I-N group.com. Yep. What about you personally on social media? Do you hang out in one place? Uh, I'm, I'm probably a, a Facebook guy as much as anything. Facebook. I know Gary V and everybody's uh, – I just got a Snapchat account. I, I can't say that I have any <laughs> idea what I'm doing with it. Right. I have thought about doing a, uh, a Snapchat of, of uh, these are good gifts, these are horrible mm, gifts. That's cool. Getting, I like that. Um, yeah. But uh, – but right now, Facebook would okay. probably be the, cool. the main place. Well, before I ask the final question, uh, John, I want to acknowledge you for your generosity. You really set me up to win in a big way after my book launch without any expectations. And it meant a lot to me. And it also strengthened so many powerful relationships for me that I probably would have messed up. And maybe not messed up, but just not done the right way or an intentional, loving, thoughtful way. So I want to acknowledge you for your generosity with me personally, but also with your consistent intentional goodwill that you put out in the world and i think there needs to be more people like you who are thoughtful about how they can be of service to the people they care about the most as opposed to neglect the people we care about the most yeah. so i acknowledge you for all that you do i acknowledge you for how you put this together and i'm excited for our relationship in the future so i appreciate it man thanks man and the final cool. question is what's your definition of greatness my definition of greatness is uh I would say that somebody that uh, is able to um, have the people that know them uh, the best, their inner circle, um, admire and respect them the most. And so I think that uh, oftentimes I find myself chasing like the approval of other people, but um, I find that when I'm uh, I'm actually doing way better business wise when when my wife and my kids when they love and respect and admire me. 
then everything else is kind of taking care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes fitness. Like my wife holds me to a higher regard and as far as taking care of myself. Um, when I'm taking care of home base, um, that's, that's where greatness comes from. Love it. John Rulin. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, dude. It's great. There you have it. Have you learned how to give the perfect gift? If so, start giving away freely. And again, guys, this for me was so fascinating. Make sure to pick up a copy of John's book as well. You can get all the information in the show notes in the full video interview at lewishouse.com slash 344. Make sure to share it out on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, anywhere you think people could use this free, helpful information to empower their lives and help them be even greater. It's all about paying it forward. So again, if you're listening now, make sure to pay it forward. We get over 1.3 million downloads a month and it's all because of you. Continue to give the gift of inspiration, of motivation, of education, and this podcast is a great place to do that. Also, if you're looking to build your online empire, if you have an idea burning inside your heart right now, but you haven't been able to put it out there, then make sure to get my free video series right now. It's all about how to build your online empire. And it's at lewishouse.com slash legacy. Do it right now. I guarantee you, you're going to get a ton of value out of these free videos. All you got to do is opt in, watch the free videos, and let me know what you think. Leave a comment below these videos as well because I think they're going to be a big game changer for you. We've been working on them for six months and I am super pumped to have them out into the world right now. So let me know what you think. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And my question for you today is this. How much longer are you going to wait to actually go after the life of your dreams? How many more days? How many more weeks? How many more months or years are you going to continue to put off the thing that you've always wanted to do? The thing that's inside of you that you can't stop thinking about and you continue to say, you know what? I'll do it next month. I'll do it next year. I'll wait until I'm ready. How much longer are you going to put that thing off? And how amazing will it feel to take that first step and start achieving that life of your dreams? That's my question for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope you know that you are loved, that you matter, and that you are so, so worth it. You guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Great.